heard me talk about my family, and my wife and I, Dill, we've been married for 18 years together. And I think that's that's something. And I'll tell you how we've we've made it is because uh, because of the Lord, because of Jesus, and he our marriage is about him. And uh, I don't know, I was kind of hesitant to share this with you, and we looked different and stuff 18 years ago. But you guys want to see one of our, our wedding pictures? Are you sure you want to see it? Yeah. All right, so this is us at our, our wedding 18 years ago. Oh. You know what? It was a really dark room that <laughs> we got married in. It's the only way she'd marry me. <laughs> but, so, life's out. All right. There it is. We're gonna need it for the rest of the night anyway. Alright here. Alright. Alright, so it's gonna come up any second, I think. Here's our wedding for Yeah. I had more hair. More hair then. I'm just kidding, that's not really us. Let's get that off there. That's disgusting. Yeah. That was awkward wedding photos. But on all seriousness, weddings are a big deal. And it was a big day that we looked forward to, and I remember our wedding day. In fact, where's where I need um, is it Emmy and Praxton? Where are you? Paxton. Sorry, Praxton's his brother. Come on up here. Come up here. Pra- Praxton, come all the way up on stage. Emmy, I'll tell you when to stop. Keep walking. Praxton. Pa- Paxton. I keep saying Praxton. Stop right there. All right. So tonight, I really want to go down memory lane. But I want to be—I want to relive my wedding a little bit from the outside. Now, you're not officially going to be married. I'm a pastor, but now I remember that day. I was wearing a—I I was wearing a tuxedo. So, so here's your tuxedo. We'll just there you go. Also a cape. So you're going to be—you're going to be little Brian, right? 18 years ago, little Brian. You're going to be little Jill. Okay? All right. So here's your wedding gown. Beautiful. Got it at Macy's. In my neighborhood, we call Walmart Macy's. Okay, here we go. Whoa. Long train. Should have unfolded this for you ahead of time. So we got, we got little Jill, we got little Brian, and I remember on that day, I was standing up there waiting for my bride, and we're in this, this small church, and it had, at the end of the aisle, it had these, these double doors, and they were going to open them in, and I remember, my, my wife told me that my friend, who was an usher, a good friend of mine in our wedding, he said, no, 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 let's open them out, it's more dramatic, and that way you make a grand entrance of the, the beautiful bride. So I remember that, the doors opening out, and my, my wife comes walking down the aisle, and then, and then stop there, and as she's walking, my eyes locked with hers, and I remember my knees were getting a little bit weak, I was like, whoa, okay? and I remember as our eyes were locked, and she was walking up, come around here, come around here, I followed her all the way down the aisle with my eyes, not in a creepy way, in a lovely way. And I, and I remember sitting there, 
And I remember saying, you come together, and I remember thinking, wow, I get to spend the rest of my life on this earth with her. And I looked into her eyes at that moment, and I knew that she too was thinking, man, I could be so much better. <laughs> but we got married, and we had this covenant relationship between us, and it's worked out for 18 years and three kids later. It's been a beautiful thing. Okay? So here's a concept that I want you to listen to real fast. The Bible tells us that the church, that God's people, that we are the bride of Christ. Okay? And we're the bride of Christ. And we can imagine it in a wedding. And we're that because one day we're waiting. And we're going to get to talk a little bit about this in a minute. We're, where we're waiting, because after Jesus rose from the grave, like we just saw in that video, and he hung out, and hundreds of people saw the resurrected Jesus, that he was indeed alive. And then he ascended into heaven, and it says that he will return for his people one day. Whether you've already, you've already passed away, you're dead in Christ, will arise, and those of us who are alive at his moment of return will join him, and we are his bride. And I can't wait for that day when we are then joined together for eternity and we get to be in his presence and my eyes lock with my savior the one that i've been preaching his gospel his good news the one who has changed my life internal transformation forgiven me of my sins and my eyes get to lock with his and i get to think i get to spend eternity hanging out with him being in his holy presence and i cannot wait but here's the thing always the bride of Christ. Jill, little Jill, little Brian, we weren't always the groom and the bride. There was, there was a story before that. Stay here. You're not done being me and my wife. Man, I miss my hair. Alright. But, here's the thing. So, we were dating, and I remember one time, I lived in Reedley with my buddy Scott, and we shared a house together with roommates, and she lived in Fresno. And then I also worked in Fresno, and she worked in Fresno. And every day on my day off, I would go and see my wife. And on my day working, I'd go to Fresno. I was tired of driving to Fresno. So I called her up one day. It was my day off, and she was gonna, she was at work. So I called her. Make it for you. There you go. All right. She answered. Good. All right. And I said, I said, What's up, babe? I said, she said, hurry up, I'm at work. I said, hey, I am so, you know what? I, it's my day off, I'm tired. I don't want to go to Fresno again, okay? And she said, oh, well, that's cool. Then I'll just go home after work. And I said, no, I must see you. I love you. I want to see you. Why don't you drive to Reedley? And she said, I don't want to drive to Reedley. And I said, I have to, I just want to tell you guys right now, later, hopefully much later, when you're dating somebody, learn from this, okay? Because this, this is what I said. I said, Jill, I just don't think that you're putting as much into our relationship as I am. I don't remember if she said bye or not, but there's definitely a click. Okay. So I hung up. Being a guy, 
I was like, hey, Scott, let's get a pizza. And I didn't think anything of it. And we get a pizza. Okay, so me and my friend Scott, roommate, are over here with a pizza, and we're about to put in a movie about 40, 45 minutes later after this phone call. And I hear our doorbell ring. And our doorbell usually rings like this. Ding, dong. Okay? But it rang different that time because the cold, wrathful finger of my wife, Jill, was reaching out to ring that doorbell. And when she rang it, it went, ding, dong. Ding, dong. And I was like, what is that? So I, being the, the dope that I am, just kind of skipped into the door. And I opened the door, and I'm like, oh, hey, Jill, you decided to come see me anyway. I'm not kidding. My friend Scott is right behind me, and I hear him. He sees the look on Jill's face, and he says out loud, nope. And he turns the other way, and he goes and he sits down. By the way, he ate my share of pizza. And then she comes, and she just had this look on her face. Put a look on your face. Mean look. Mad look. Sad look. Oh, perfect. Okay. And I went, uh, you, you want to come in? She just said, I don't want to, but I will. So she comes in, and guess what? She says something to me I'll never forget. She said, Brian, why are you a stupid person? I said, what? And she said, if I drove home tonight, instead of coming here, we would I realized that I had wronged her and what I said wasn't right. And we sat down and we discussed it. Start crying. Okay, good. Alright. There's what's happened. I told her I am sorry. I am wrong. I am wrong. And you know what she did? She extended to me forgiveness. She gave me grace. You guys know what grace is? Grace is something when you receive something you don't deserve. She gave me grace and forgiveness. And after that, man, we were on this great road. And just a couple weeks after that, I proposed. And uh, she said yes. And now we live holy ever after, right? So that's a good story. All right, you're good, Mango, now. But see, that's. That's how it was. That's how it is before we're the bride of Christ. Before we can anticipate that promise of his return that we're going to get to be in eternity with him. We have this broken relationship with God that was broken by sin. And something has to happen in order to restore that relationship. So I want to show you kind of what happened. We're going to do this visually. So we're with Vanessa. I got Vanessa, right? Vanessa here. Come on up. Take, take, Vanessa, take your shoes off real fast. Come on up. Hey, I need, uh, yeah. So let's see. Two more volunteers here. Come on up. Just come on up here. And we got a guy here. We got you guys to come on. So come up here. Come on up. All right. I think I have enough volunteers. Okay. You know what? behave up here? Alright, well, one more. Alright. Okay, here's the thing. Don't do anything to draw attention to yourself. I want people to listen. Okay? Guys, just go with the flow. Are you ready for this? Okay. So, you, Vanessa, you're going to be people. Hold that sign out. Alright. And, okay. I don't want you to uh, 
I don't want you to, to get a big head or anything, but you're going to be God, okay? So don't get a complex. We're going to represent God. All right. And you two are yet to come, right? So you just hang out over here. We'll get to you. All right, so here we go. Our holy God, our creator God, we had already talked about this. He made people. He made humankind. He is our creator. And it says that God, in the Bible, it says that God created us in his image. We talked already this week what that means, what that's about. And he created us in a way where when Adam was created, who was the first first guy that, that God created, it was in this perfect fellowship with God. They didn't have a broken relationship. It was as it should be, as, as God created it to be. And they were in a good fellowship, good, healthy covenant relationship together. And God had told him, there's this tree of knowledge of good and evil, and he puts him in the, the Garden of Eden, and he says to him, you, you, you can eat him to him and his wife, because he makes also as well, so there's now Adam and Eve, and he says, you can eat of any tree, of any fruit, but within our, our covenant relationship here, I'm, I'm telling you, don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't do it. Okay? So they were in good, perfect relationship with one another. But then it comes, you're not the snake, okay? Then it comes, so that's not who you are. But there is, there is, then comes the Satan, the devil, who's our enemy. And he comes along, and he persuades Adam and Eve to eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil. They say, did God really tell you not to eat that? Like, yeah. They're all, he doesn't want you to eat it because then you'll be like him. Go ahead. You won't die. If God says if you eat that, you're going to die. You're going to have a spiritual death. And that we weren't designed. God did not create us to die. He created us with eternity in mind. He had created people for the last forever in eternity in relationship with him. But us, people, we were persuaded by, by, by Satan, and we were tempted, and we said, huh, we'll be like God. So they committed the first sin because they rebelled, and they did something out of that agreement, and they did something that God told them not to do. And when that sin came in, was now between God and people, their relationship was broken. And we were far from God. And the reason is this. Because God is holy. He is perfect. And God doesn't mix with sin. He get, doesn't work that way. And here's the thing. It then, the wages of sin, is that yes, we would surely die. Because we are out of relationship with God. And we have to now, the punishment of sin. The Bible says the wages. Wages, grace is something you get because you, that you don't deserve. Wages is something that you earn. And what we have earned because of our sin, and we talked about what sin is, it's all the rebellious stuff. It's basically saying, God, I'm going to live for myself. I'm going to decide what's right and wrong. I'm going to decide what's just. I'm going to decide what's true. And when we live like that, it's broken this relationship between us. Out of us and God. And sin did that. We did that. And it's been passed down from Adam from generation to generation that we've inherited this sin nature, this brokenness between us and God. And God is a God of love. The Bible tells us that God is not loving. He's, in fact, he is love. The 
God is also a just God. And when there's a debt, what we owe because of sin is death. That's what we owe. He's a just God. And justice has to be paid for the wrongs and the rebellion and the sin that we've had against God. It's got to happen. Because if that justice isn't paid on the cross it, uh, for us, for our sin, if, if God just said, eh, forget it, We're, let's all start over, it's good, without that debt being paid, then it compromises his holiness. And then he's not God. So he's loving, and he's love, and he's also just. He is true. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. He couldn't ignore our sin, but he also loves us, right? He also loves us. And here's the thing about this, is we can't save ourselves. The chasm, we sung this song earlier tonight that said chasm, the space between us, we can't get to God on our own. We can't be good enough, because guess what? None of us are good. Not me, not you. God alone is truly good. We can't be good enough, because if we earned our way to heaven, guess what? We'd get there and go, hey, look at me, I was good enough to get to heaven. We'd boast. We'd brag. Make it about us. But it's not about us. It's about God and what he's done for us. And here's what he's done. He's a loving God, and he knows us. He knows, man, because he created us. And he knows that we're not capable to reach perfection on our own. We're not capable. He knows that this is what we've inherited, that he's got something, another way for us. We talked about all these relationships and covenants and how God enters into these agreements. And he's got a new covenant now to bridge this gap. So counselors, coming up. So this is what happens. He's so loving that God came, and we learned this this morning, and dwelt among us and became flesh. And he sent his son. He sent his one and only son, Jesus. Okay? He sent his son, Jesus. And what Jesus did is sin created this gap between us and God. Move over. He created this between us and God. Listen. Okay? Jesus comes. And Jesus dies on the cross. Stretch your arms out. And he paid the price because life for a life had to happen. He had to be a substitute. He had to die. And that's the reason he became down and had to become a, a human, fully God and human. Because if he did it, he couldn't die. He couldn't shed his blood for us. And he shed his blood. And what that did is then we could put our faith in him and say that, Jesus, you took the punishment for us. You shed your blood and you covered the sin. So then what he did is then when he died, if the story ended there, it'd be a nice story. But it doesn't. Jesus came back to life. Jesus came back to life. Okay? He rose on the third day. And because when he did that, you know what he did to death and what he did to sin? He kicked it in the face. And he said he had victory over that. He took the sting. The, 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 the power away from death and sin. And he provided a way for us as people. He provided a way for us as people. Check this out. Come on over. Keep walking. I got you. 
to come to God and once again be reunited in, in a relationship with our Lord and God. We can leave. Thank you, sir. All right, now listen up. That was fun to watch. It was interesting to watch. But what you saw was just this. What you saw is this just illustration of what really happened. Real people, real places, a real time. That's what God's word is. It really, really happened. Jesus truly died on the cross for us. He took the punishment. He paid the debt that we owed. His death was our death. And he did that for you. And he did that for me. Jesus hung on the cross. And he declared when he was on the cross that it is finished. Because he did the work of the prophet, of our priest, and our king. He did that work. And he died. And he rose again. As radiance of God's glory. He's our great prophet. As the purification of our sins, he is our high priest, and he intercedes between us and the Father. When we put our faith in Jesus, and our sins have been forgiven, and they're covered by the blood of Jesus, Jesus is standing between us and God, saying, my blood's covered on him. My blood has covered him. My blood has got his sins. It's been paid the price. They know me as their Savior. And if we know Jesus... We know the Father. And when Jesus sat down at the right hand of the Father because he ascended to heaven after he rose from the grave, and he sits down on the right hand of God the Father as King. King. Jesus is our victorious King in his resurrection and exaltation. Colossians 2 tells us this. It says, And you, who were dead in your trespasses, was dead in our sins, right? And the uncircumcision of our flesh. God made alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of our debt that stood against us with his legal demands. It is something we owed. There's no way to escape it. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open. Jesus ascended to heaven and he reigns from this royal position as king of kings. And we await his return as he completes what he achieved in his first time. And when he comes back, we're going to experience that fullness. And then he's, he's going to take his bride, his church, his people, and we get to spend eternity with him. Everlasting life. We cry out, come Lord Jesus. When he does, when we're here in his presence, we'll experience the new creation. And what will we see when Jesus returns? What will we see? John tells us in the book of Revelation that we'll see a new heaven and a new earth 
It'll be as if God intended to be. We'll get to live in this incredible place with God. And that blows my mind. And I can't tell you exactly what heaven's going to be like, but I can tell you two things. It's better than here, and it's going to be awesome. What will we hear? What we will hear? We'll hear the best news ever. This is what we'll hear when Jesus comes and we dwell with him. It's the best news ever. It's the impossible becoming reality. Revelation 21.3 says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. We have access to God now if we're a follower of Jesus. We get to pray, and we get to have a relationship with God and a conversation with him because he's listening now. And that is amazing to me when I'm just really praying with the Lord and it's just him and I. It's almost overwhelming at times. I can't imagine the access I'm going to have in heaven where I'm in his presence. It's mind-blowing, and I can't wait. How will we feel? How will we feel? I want you to think for a moment. Everybody just sit very still. And I think I want you to think for a moment. We all have it in our lives. What's that thing that's bringing you pain? What's something that's bringing you pain in your life? I know I've got something I reflect upon that brings pain in my life. Think about that for a how will we feel? This is how we're going to feel. Just imagine. My Lord, just reaching down and wiping the tears off my face. And I'm going to release my hand and say, my hand and say, okay. everything's going to be okay. It's going to be reality. Man, we, we get eternal life. We get forgiveness of our get relief from the guilt that we owe. But here's the other thing. When we're in relationship with Jesus, we're in that covenant relationship, he doesn't just say, I got your sin. I got them covered. He says, those things that have cut you, that have cut you deep, those things that have damaged your heart, there's something someone's done to you, something someone said to you, something out of your control that's happened, that has shattered your world, that has hurt you, to stop doing this. Give me this. Give those to me. Give me your pain. Give me your suffering. Because when you're in a relationship with me, I exchange that for hope. I exchange that for healing. I exchange it for joy. I take fear away.
in the middle of circumstances that are hard. You want to know why? You want to know the kind of peace Jesus brings? Some of you know this story, but Jesus was hanging on a boat with his disciples out in the, in the ocean, and this storm comes, and it's rocking this boat like crazy. And his disciples are running around going, ah, we're going to die, ah, we're going to die, and they're freaking out. And you know what Jesus is doing? He's asleep on the boat. And that's the kind of peace he brings. And the storms of life, Jesus brings peace even in the middle of that. Because he goes, I'm your Savior. It's going to be okay. But man, when we're united with him, it's going to be even better. Because Revelation 21, 4 says this. It says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. We will feel joy, complete and utter joy. And I don't know about you, but I want some of that. I want that to be my eternity. I want that to be what's in store for me. I look forward to that. No more pain. No more suffering. No more tears but joy. And God has promised this to me through my relationship with his son, Jesus. And he's promising it to you as well. And here's the cool thing. God has never not fulfilled his promise. Not once. Not once. So I know he's going to fulfill this one too. As we long for that day, let us cling to his parting words. Revelation 22, 12, and 13 says this. It says, Behold, I'm coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay each one for what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and last, the beginning. And this is a strong statement that he made in his epistle. For some, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you know that those promises are for you, this, this scripture brings hope, joy, comfort. For others, it brings fear. Here's the reason why. God is love. So we talked about it. He's also just. And here's the, the here's the reality. There are going to be people that spend eternity apart from God. And all that is for them. And that saddens my heart. But God doesn't want that for us. Because we're those people who aren't covered by the blood of Jesus, that don't have a relationship, don't surrender their lives this life. What's in store is something that breaks my heart. And it's a real place, and we don't talk about it much. Not even in church anymore. But it's a real place, and it's called hell. And it's totally separated from God and all that is good. But here's the thing I want you to understand. Hell wasn't created for us. God did not create that place for us. He created it for our enemy. We have an enemy. Satan. The devil. He has fallen away from God. And he wants to, the Bible tells us he's looking to defeat and destroy you. He's looking to deceive you. That is made for him. God wants and he has offered this gift to you through his son Jesus for you to receive eternal life. He's populating heaven. That's his desire for you to be with him. Here's the truth. So many people read God's word and they see all the blessings and all the promises and they get excited. But here's the reality. 
God's word and the promises that he's made. They're not for you unless you're a child of God. They're not for you unless you surrender your life to him. And you're adopted into his family. And that's the cool thing, the adoption. Because he's a, he's a father to the fatherless. He's the best father you could ever dream of. And he cares for you better than anyone can. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, our mighty counselor, our Lord and Savior. And receiving blessings, here's the thing. A lot of people walking around, they want the blessings of God. But they don't want the God of the blessings. They're all yours. They're all for you. You receive redemption and justification. You stand in front of God, reconciled, justified, pure, holy, white, clean, sheep, no sin. He doesn't see you like that anymore. Because his son took care of it all. So here's how it happens. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this. It says, for you are saved by grace through faith. So when we put our faith in Jesus, we surrender our life. Say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. I believe in you that you are the one true Son of God. You died for me. You rose again. You conquered sin. I want forgiveness, and I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for how I rebelled against you. I'm sorry how I've lived my life for myself and not for my creator, God. I am so sorry. Take away the guilt of my sin. I want to have a relationship with you. I believe in you, Jesus. And then because of your faith, you receive grace. And it's by God's grace, something we don't deserve, that we're saved. It's not, it says, the verse goes on to say, and this is not from yourselves. It's a gift. It's God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. And he did this because save ourselves. You must place your faith in Jesus. Acknowledge that He is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. He is the only choice, the only option, the one true God. Here's the cool thing. You may not realize this, but when you give your life to the Lord, you surrender to Jesus, what happens? What a gift that is. The Holy Spirit, when He dies for me, He guides you, He convicts you, He directs you, He comforts you. That is so cool. I can feel the Holy Spirit working in my life. Now, some of you might be here tonight. I really want you guys to sit still. I want your eyes on me and your ears open and your heart soft. And I want you to listen to what God is saying to you right now in this so don't, dis- don't disturb the people next to you. Give me a few more minutes. Because I'm telling you, this might be the most important moment of your life. And it's worth sitting still for a few minutes. Listen to what God is saying to you tonight. Some of you might say, I'm not valued. The people in my life don't even really value me. And if they don't value me, how is this God that you're talking about How's God going to value me? Or maybe you're saying, why would Jesus do that for me? I haven't done anything for him. I've done nothing of value to receive this gift. I don't deserve it. 
So if you're saying that, you're right. We don't deserve it. That's what makes it a choice. We don't deserve gifts. He's offering to us. You guys know, you guys all know who Taylor Swift is, right? Taylor Swift is a singer. We all know who she is, most of us. There's this documentary about her on Netflix. And there's something sad that I learned about Taylor Swift by watching this. She loves to perform because when she's done performing, she gets sued. This is what she says. She gets clapped. And she says this about herself. When she's done performing, if she doesn't get clapped, she doesn't feel valued. This is where she gets her value. that's the world's economy. That's how we work as a world. That's not how God works. Not at all. Not at all. In the world, you must do something to be worthy. And if the world sees that what you've done was worthy, then they'll say, we value you. You're valuable. You matter. But God said, you were valuable before you even existed. God said before your parents existed, before your grandparents existed, before this country existed, Jesus died on the cross for you. He said you are valuable. You matter. And what Jesus did with his hands is he didn't do this. Jesus did this. And he hung on a cross for us because you're valuable. Because you are image bearers of the Almighty. You matter to Him. God knows the story of history from end to the beginning. He knows everything that's going to happen. He is sovereign. And guess what? Because of that, you are not unknown to Him. He knows you. He knows that you as an individual exist. And He did this with His hands. And the reason He did this We could not save ourselves. God alone can save us. Jesus dying on the cross, listen to this, is the most loving thing anyone will ever do for you. It's the most loving thing. So if you're sitting here not feeling loved because of circumstances in your life, I'll tell you, first of all, I am so sorry that those circumstances
bit of a crossroads right now. Because I that's what the gospel is. The gospel is a crossroads. When we tell you the truth, there isn't a person here that can say they've never heard the truth of God. They don't know what's true. Because you just heard it. I don't preach. This isn't from me. Everything that I've said to you this whole weekend is from God's word. It's been revealed to us. sin. Ask for forgiveness of them. Why not? I've done this for you. And then give me your pain. Give me your suffering. He has got the biggest shoulders ever. He can take it as he tenderly ministers to your heart and exchanges all that junk and garbage for everything that's good about him. everything. You know your heart. I'm telling you, it's so much 
better to put it open and align your life again. And you can do that tonight as well. Don't, don't go back to the same old things that you've been doing dumb. Say, Lord, I, I want to be done with that because I've already gone through my life and how dare I, how dare I turn my, my heart away from you. Come back to get the things Forget about everybody else in this room. Just focus on God. And if the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart, if the Holy Spirit, you can feel him saying, surrender your life. And I would tell you, don't hold back. Give it to Jesus. See what happens. We're going to pray a prayer in a minute. And if that's for you, if you're like, I've never given my life to Jesus, but I want the promises that he offers. I'm ready for that because the way I've been living, the way I've been trying it, it ain't working. But I want, I recognize that he's my one and true Savior, the only way, and I want what he's given. I want that gift. Then I want you to pray with me. And then we're then during this time, if you've already put your life in Christ before, if you've got some sins and some rocks to take care of, I want you to spend this time quietly before the Lord, you and him confess those sins to him and ask for forgiveness and receive that embrace from Jesus as you re-enter, re-engage into this relationship with him and you get that junk out of the way. Quit dragging it along with you. It's going to take you to Let's pray. If this is you tonight, be listening to the Holy Spirit. Surrender to Jesus. Just while you're sitting there quietly, you and God, just say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for how I have sinned against you. I have lived my life opposite of how you told me to live. I know that I've gone out of bounds. I know that I've rebelled against you in my sin nature. And I am so sorry for those things. And I ask for forgiveness, Lord Jesus. And I put my faith in you that I declare today that you are my Lord and my Savior. And I will follow you for the rest of my life. And I anticipate my salvation as I re receive these promises of eternal life. That I receive this relationship with you, Jesus where you'll take my pain and my suffering away, and you'll bring that hope and that love and that joy. I want that, Jesus. Please, I take my life, I surrender it to you. You are my Lord and Savior. I give it to you freely today, and I want to receive that free gift of salvation, of eternal life. I love you. And I trust you, God. In Jesus' name I pray.
Now I'm going to ask you to do something. Because this is a big moment. There is no judgment in this room. Because if you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you know what you are now to me? You're my brother or my sister. Because you're going to be, you're adopted into the family of God. And everyone else in this room that's already put their faith in Jesus. You are their brother or their sister. And guess what? If you've done that tonight for that first time, there's a party going on with the angels right now. With your Lord and Savior. He, they're getting down. Because they are delighted. They are pleased. They are joyful that you've received the great news of the gospel of Jesus in your life. And you're now in heaven. It, the population just grew. You receive these promises, and that's a big deal. So be bold. If you're going to be a Christian, we don't hide it. We celebrate it. So I'm going to ask you tonight, and some of you may or may not be comfortable with this, but I'm going to tell you what, we don't care. Because we want to party with you. We want to surround you with love and joy. And I'm going to ask you if you prayed that tonight, I want you to stand up with the courage that you find in love. I'm going to ask you to stand where you're at right now. Don't look at the people around you. Stand. Stand up. Praise God for you guys. Praise God for you. For sure. Woo! Yeah. Praise God. And I hope you feel in the full embrace of the Lord tonight and new freedom in your freedom from sin. I want everyone else, if you've also, if you, you, we want to celebrate with you if you're walking again with the Lord and you've confessed sins tonight, we want you to tell your counselors and your so what time. But before we go, I want you to stand back up. Stand back up so we can see who you are. And I want those of you brothers and sisters now that are surrounding them Surround them in prayer and let's celebrate God and thank God because this is Him at work. It's not us. So stand up, everybody. Gather around these folks, counselors, pastors, surround them and pray. And Brian and team here is going to lead us in a song of celebration and worship to God.